Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. And this week we're talking about the Sex and the City reboot again, but only tangentially. Don't worry, we're not deep diving back into, you know, the Peloton. No, thank God. But yes, we've spent so much time talking about how bad and just like that is with everyone we know the past few weeks, especially me, I can't stop consuming it and talking about it, that it got us thinking about TV reboots in general and whether any of them really have the right to exist. Can I just say there was a moment a few weeks ago where you were texting me about the most recent episode of And Just Like That, and then simultaneously my sister started texting me about how bad it was, too. Like, it's really an epidemic. I am Che Diaz. (laughs) That being said, there's definitely a spectrum of TV reboots, and I would say that And Just Like That is whatever the opposite of what the gold standard is. But before we get into that, Z, what's your not over it for the week? Okay, my not over it this week um, is really coming out of left field. For some unfortunate reason, I've recently been made aware of the existence of Jackson Mahomes, um, social media presence. For those of you who are not familiar, much like I did not know, he is the younger brother of Patrick Mahomes, QB1 for the Kansas City Chiefs, who also lost the Super Bowl last year to robot man Tom Brady. Um, But I know. I guess Jackson Mahomes is sort of like a Jake Paul kind of personality on social media. And also that reference means not much to me because I don't keep up with Jake Paul, but something similar to people collectively don't like him. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it means, but I know it's not good. No, yeah, it's <laughs> not good. I guess he went to some bar in downtown Kansas City um, and then posted on his Instagram story to his 300,000 followers that the bar was trash and the customer service was trash and blah, blah, blah. But the best part of this is that the bar clapped back. And the response was just amazing. They said, It's time to have a talk. Today we're experiencing a lot of activity over social media regarding a recent visit paid to us by an unhappy guest. This person happens to have a lot of followers on social media, and therefore it is something that we cannot ignore. Basically, they get they go on to like, you know, say a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, how they've survived a pandemic and all this stuff, and then Start off with Dear at Jackson Holmes. We are sorry that we set boundaries that you tried to ignore. Oftentimes, people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think they are above the rules and will lash out at employees enforcing them. We are sorry we could not seat you, seat your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We are sorry that you have the reach that you do, or at least that you think you do. <laughs> Overall, this was just an amazing response to me. I mean, it's much longer, but it is well worth the read. Unfortunately, the bar did take it down. Um, Why? Because I think they were like, this is getting too much attention, and now we just want to, like, pull back. Also, Patrick Mahomes seems like a pretty normal guy, so and nice in general. 
So it's unfortunate that his brother just seems a little bit like a dickhead. But um, it, this happened a while ago, I guess. I just recently became aware of it and I just found it so intriguing. And And then I like watched all of his TikToks and there's like people recording him from the sidelines, like doing TikToks. And they're just like, God, what an idiot. Like he obviously has access to like, you know, the field and stuff because his brother's a star. And then he's just recording dances on like the 40 yard line. And I'm just like, dude, go home. This is so awful. Go Mahomes. This is, this is such a, a thing though. Like, are you aware of Ariana Grande's brother, Frankie Grande, who is constantly yeah, doing I think the most? Th- I think, yeah, I think Jackson is worse. Chet Hanks? No, nobody is worse than Chet Hanks. I don't remember if Aaron Rodgers' brother was like problematic, but I remember when he went on The Bachelor and that was a whole thing. And it was like, check out Aaron Rodgers' brother. Now those tables have turned. Like Aaron Rodgers is now the problematic one. I know, but I'm just like, saying. Like now I get why his family doesn't talk to him, right? I'm just saying it's an interesting, that bonus Jonas. There's a, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the bonus Jonas, but he's also, it's like this, there's this interesting phenomenon of celebrities. They're trying to get that overflow. Yeah, I'm very closely related or near a celebrity. I'm going to use everything I can to juice as much out of it as I possibly can. No, and it's sad because it's like what they're going for is like Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal or like the Fanning sisters. But like in this case, it's like, oh, no, this one's like very famous for some reason. And this other one is being problematic. Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal are both talented. So are Ellen Dakota. No, that's what I'm saying. Like Jack's my point is is that these siblings are aspiring for like these celebrity oh. duos, like they're like, we'll be like Liam and Chris Hemsworth, but that's, that's <laughs> yeah, no. not what's happening. No, also, you should never be trying to be Liam and Chris Hemsworth. One of those is not doing as well as no, the but other. you know, I but both of them are doing better than Chad Hanks. <laughs> that is a fair point, anyways. Becky, what's your not over it? Okay, so my not over it is not recently relevant but a true not over it in that it's something that i listened to a few months ago and then you like still think about it and bring it up so a couple months ago bradley cooper was on dak shepherd's podcast armchair expert which is a podcast i sort of drifted in out of and the conversation between bradley cooper and dax who i didn't realize are like very close friends was so much more delightful and deeper than I expected. Like he was there to promote his new movie, Nightmare Alley. And they talked about that a little bit, but for the most part, they were just talking about like their friendship and, you know, revealing all these personal details. And Bradley Cooper was talking about when he was uh, picked as sexiest man alive for people. And that was the same year that everyone picked Ryan Gosling, (laughs) that Ryan Gosling didn't win. And he was literally talking about how he was all excited and his mom was all excited. And then, even when they announced it, he was like the person on Good Morning America or whatever clearly was like, oh, and then Dak Shepard's like, no, no, like, <laughs> yes. I'm sure that's not what happened. And he was like, no, no. Then the fans revolted and said it should have been Ryan Gosling. And then <gasps> people protested that Ryan Gosling should get it. There was oh a my protest. God. Oh my God. No, no, no. There was a protest. And I thought, oh, no. I mean, at least it wasn't like the year that. Blake Shelton got it. Remember that? <laughs> Sexiest Man Alive doesn't mean anything, but I just felt like after Star is Born, it seemed like Bradley Cooper was taking himself really seriously. And it was just refreshing to hear him, you know, be a little bit more down to earth. That being said, they also talked a lot about his multiple apartments and how he's like an impeccable interior designer. And 
Uh, they talked mm. about, I guess, Dax and Monica, his co-host, had stayed in his apartments in New York City and his apartments in France. And they talked about how he pretty much always has a fire going in the fireplace, which is not the most down-to-earth thing in the world, but it's a lifestyle goal I never knew I had, but now I do. Wow, I love that. I love that for Bradley Cooper and his apartments and the fires burning. Yeah, so. In the summer also? Or is that just specific to, like, appropriate seasons? I mean, I have to I'm assume wondering. that in New York City in the summer you don't have the fire going, but you know what? I don't know. We'll have to ask Bradley to invite us Celebrities, over. you don't know. Maybe that apartment is 20 degrees inside and he has to keep that fire yeah, going. Yeah, he can afford you it. never know. All right, well, both of our not over it's were a little out there this week, so... There's no clear way to transition, but in today's episode, we are talking about TV reboots, which have been a trend for a while. It is a trend that is not going away. It's also happening in Hollywood. It just seems like everyone's out of ideas. Everyone's feeling nostalgic. And the way that we're going about that is just bringing back anything we possibly can, however way we can. So... I think it's really hard to make a good reboot, and there are basically two kinds when it comes to TV. There's a kind that reopens a story with the original cast after a period of time, and there's a kind that reboots the general story or theme of the show with new characters, and it usually has a looser tie to the original. So let's talk about the first category first, and we've talked about And Just Like That a lot, so I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, but that is the kind of reboot that this is. It's like, oh, these characters have been gone. We miss them. We need to know what's happening with them. So do you feel like there's been a reboot with a story continuation that you've been genuinely excited about? Well, I think there's like, it's not so much that I've been intrigued in like what's happening with them, but it's more of just, I want to see these characters back on TV because I've missed their presence, I think. And I've been intrigued, but unfortunately, my excitement is generally short-lived. Um, I was looking forward to the Will and Grace reboot because of Sean Hayes and Megan Mullally. I will see you in court. By the way, your boobs look great today. It's a custom made Jean-Claude just came in from Paris yesterday. Now get out of here! But I realized I should just go back and watch old episodes <laughs> because I, they didn't even pretend to stay in line with the original storyline of how Will and Grace had originally ended. And... And it felt like a new show in all the wrong ways. It was, they were trying to lean into the nostalgia with, I think the only part of Will and Grace that stayed true to Will and Grace was just having the same people back in their characters. But outside of that, it didn't really feel authentic in any way. And I think that's the problem that we sort of have with, and just like that, where it's been 20 years later and they're they're in the exact same place dealing with the exact same, there's no growth with the characters, which I think is kind of sad. Right. Generally, the times that I've been excited for a reboot or I felt that a reboot even worked have been when the show ended in a way where I felt like something wasn't tied up. Like I it, like for me, it's less like, oh, I, I want to see more of these characters because I think now I've learned that like you don't need to know what happened to them. It just becomes depressing. And there was a yeah. reason why they didn't live forever. And more of shows like Veronica Mars that was canceled after three seasons and when it was canceled, it was long before the days of the creator knew it was coming to an end and they had planned out the lifespan. It was more just like it ended on a cliffhanger. We never found out what happened. And I think that's why fans ultimately paid for a Kickstarter for there to be a movie and then to find out what happened so that there would be closure. So you would find out what happened to Veronica Mars and all these uh, characters. And then after a movie, they rebooted it again into a TV show, which was, I would say, more successful than most. But then once again, the writers um, let us down because they ultimately, (laughs) similar to And Just Like That, except it wasn't the first episode, killed off 
a main character in a way that made fans enraged. But I know we both watched the Gilmore Girls reboot. And that also falls into that category for me because the final seasons of Gilmore Girls were so terrible that you kind of wanted to see what the original creator, Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino, were going to end it. I think with Gilmore Girls coming back, it was sort of the same situation of, wow, Rory has not grown up at all during these years and somehow she's worse than she was before, which how is that possible? Because I think for me, rewatching Gilmore Girls over the years, every time I've rewatched it, I dislike Rory (laughs) just a little bit more as the years go on. And Dean. So like, I think also with the Gilmore Girls reboot was sort of, we were expecting the storyline to sort of be tied up in a nice bow and left it there. But it's the reboot also just left me with more questions as like, why does Rory have a boyfriend that she doesn't remember? Like why are there weird things happening in this show? None of it is really cohesively making any sense still. It just seemed a lot all over the place. Right. Well, and that one was disappointing, too, because I think of the amount of time that passed between when the show ended and when Netflix rebooted it, fans sort of had their own ideas of, you know, who should Rory have ended up with? Like, I want to see the an ending where Rory ends up with Jess, played by Milo Ventimiglia, or whatever it was. Like, so everyone sort of had these fan fiction ideas of how it should go. So when... The reboot inevitably never lives up to it. Like, I remember being like, oh, my God, yeah. like, I only want to see the Rory and Jess scenes. And they had, like, four minutes of screen time together. And then you're like, oh, this is so disappointing. And yeah. I, now I – what's the point of this? Like, this didn't – like, it's almost like the anticipation is so fun in a way where you're like, you thought you would never get this. And then here it is. And then once you watch it, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go back and watch the original again. I think also in those cases when you have those disappointing ending scenes that you've been sort of waiting for for so long, at the end of the day, you're you're just sort of like, well, I want to go back now and forget I even watched this part of it. Now I just want to remember the original in the half-ass, you know, ending that had happened 20 years ago, not this version. Right. On the other hand, some of them that really play for nostalgia, like Fuller House, which was not a good show. Full House was not a good show, but it was my favorite show when I was a child. Full House was a good As show. As a child, I, I know, Full but House. it's a it's a campy, you know, it's a, it's yeah, a product yeah, of, of course, the times. I always loved that show as a kid, and I think now with the recent passing of Bob Saget, R.I.P., I want to go back and watch every episode and sob. So, so much time had passed when they rebooted it that the kids had become adults. And I had to watch it because I loved it so much as a child. And even though the Netflix reboot is objectively terrible, it really, it was kind of interesting to me to see the kids grow up into adults. Seeing the adults grow up into cringier adults like Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky who had to be written off the show um, was not as good, but I, I do think it kind of worked because the show was chose so cheesy to begin with. I mean, you were here, sweetheart, but it was it was like part of you was missing. So it was like part of all of us was missing. Yeah, I also watched the first season of Fuller House. It's a wonderful series to throw on as you're like la- doing laundry or cooking dinner and you can't really give your full attention to. Um, but yeah, too bad Aunt Becky ruined that for them all. Um, Girl Meets World is something that I found so, 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 so awful and rude. Um, as someone who religiously watched the TGI Fridays lineup with Sabrina and Boy Meets World, <laughs> I was really sorry. bummed when... <laughs> Do you call it TGI Fridays, like the restaurant? 
Wait, is it TGIF? Not the restaurant. I forgot that exists. I love that. I love combining those. That's amazing. That was on ABC, I think. I want to say. I think so, it too. Was a good, it, it was amazing. Um, that was one of my favorite shows, and I thought it ended I thought it ended fine. I wanted no part of knowing where Eric ended up or like whatever. So when that show came back, obviously it was more of a dramatic version for Disney Plus. So they were really playing into the over the top kind of storylines. But just create a new show. I I don't want to see Corey and Topanga back like dealing with their daughter. I don't it was just too it ruined it for me. I really did not like that reboot at all. I watched one episode of it. I watched one episode of it, but I didn't love Boy Meets World that much to begin with. So the stakes were so low. And like Fuller House, it is like, oh, this is a children's show. But I was like, this is a children's show. I I can't do. And then, you know, another one that I was really excited about that I felt like a reboot totally made sense because the show was canceled early on because the show is so ridiculous was Arrested Development. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. Like, that show was only on for a couple of seasons. They rebooted it. Jason Bateman, like, the whole cast became so much more famous. The show is so out there that they could have taken it in so so many different directions. But, like, they just couldn't recreate the magic for me in the Netflix episodes. And you're not, like, so heartbroken because, again, I wasn't dying to know, like, oh, no, they didn't, you know, take George Michael in the direction I expected him to. But I I felt like (laughs) they could have done it with that one, and it just didn't work. No. And I think with that one, to your point, when the celebrities get too big and it becomes not really believable in the characters, it's obvious that this isn't like their go-to thing anymore. It also kind of ruins the show. Well, also, they were so big that they couldn't get them all together at the same time. So the episodes were like out of order on purpose and they couldn't get like – they had to shoot it in that way, which also – I think they always think they're pulling a fast one on you, but – they never are, so. No, they aren't. Not worth they it. Aren't. Just we give know. them more money and get them all together. <laughs> yes, that's the answer. Okay, let's take a break, and we, when we get back, we'll talk about the second category, which is TV reboots that have a whole new cast or almost a whole new cast, like the new reboot of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Father on Hulu. Okay, so the latest reboot to try and capture the whole nostalgia deal of the original with a whole new cast is, as Mike mentioned, How I Met Your Father, which is the flip side of How I Met Your Mother. Which is now streaming on Hulu. It's starting starring Hilary Duff. And ironically enough, this is a reboot that Kim Cattrall is a part of. She is playing an older version of Hillary's character. Yes. She says yes to some reboots and a no to others. So, Zuri, did you did you watch the original How I Met Your Mother? No. So I have to admit, um, I had no interest in watching this show ever. So I have not seen a single episode of this. I don't know if I should be proud of that or I just am indifferent. I, I don't I don't hate it. I just never watched it. Never sort of appeared on my radar. I don't I think that's fine. I didn't watch it. I remember that show was on for so long. Like I think it went on for nine seasons. It's nine seasons. And I think I started watching it in like the fifth season or something because, you know, I was like sick and started watching it. It sort of like picked up more steam as time went on. Um, so I watched the whole thing sometimes begrudgingly because the last season was so, so awful and made me so angry that 
in some ways it makes me never want to talk about it again. But the show did have its moments before it jumped the shark, especially in the earlier seasons. That said, I've definitely not been longing for more of it because as I, as I said, I hated the end of it and it went on for so long. And I watched the first couple of episodes of this reboot and it did not do it for me. It didn't do it for me. No. They, it seems like they slapped it together very quickly. Like the writing is very lazy. Literally the beginning, Kim Cattrall, you know, in the original How I Met Your Mother, it's narrated by Bob Saget. He's like the older version and he's telling the kids the story of How I Met Your Mother. This one, Kim Cattrall is talking to her son on video chat and it's just like, I decided today I want to tell you how I met your father. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, someone just, like, sat down and wrote down, like, okay, how I met your father. The show also has a laugh track, which oh, no. is not the right choice. Those never help. Like, you're trying to capture no. the the spirit of the original, but that show was on in 2005. Like, we don't need yeah, no. that much similarity between the first one. And the only real connection seems to be is that some of the characters live in the same apartment that the original characters did. And the problem is, and we talk about this with so many reboots, is that I really like the cast. Like, I like Hilary Duff, and it also has Chris Lowell and Saraj Sharma and Josh Peck, and they're all very charming. But it just feels like a mess. It feels like these characters could be in a better show. It feels like they could have done a better job to sort of make it a little bit more fresh. So, yeah. again, though, if you just want the comfort of something, put it on the background and do your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my favorite way to describe a show. Um, I also think in 2022, you just don't need a laugh track. I don't need a cue to laugh. That makes me automatically not want to find anything funny when I hear that. No, and no shows have it, especially on a streaming platform that it feels no, it's weird. like an attack. It's weird. And it doesn't feel like, oh, this is... um you know, evoking my nostalgia. It's like, why did you do this? You, no. you put no effort into this. And especially now, it's like there's so many good shows about like people in their like late 20s, early 30s and like dating and navigating life in New York City that I'm just like, uh, this just feels like something you dusted off from the archives and now put on here. No, yeah. There's not a lot of effort going on. Um, but a reboot that I watched recently that I actually was pleasantly surprised with and would actually recommend Um over the holidays, I binge-watched the reboot of The Wonder Years, which, of course, is or- originally starred Fred Savage. The new version is focused on a black family living in Alabama in, in the late 1960s. It's narrated by Don Cheadle, which is just so fun. Um, and it stars Jewel Hill, who looks like he walked off the set of She's <laughs> All That into this show. Um, the role of Fred Savage's character is played by a newcomer, Elisha Williams, um, who is really, really great. The entire cast is really. And I think the reason this reboot actually works is because it's old, but it's new. It's a new perspective on a show where we're all, we're already familiar with, right? The storylines have a familiarity to it, but it's from a whole new point of view. And I find it refreshing because while the nostalgia is a huge factor, I'm consuming something new and almost every way as well and i'm learning something from the show so this is a show that i it's it's fun but it's also you know it's heavier obviously it's dealing with a a, a black family in america in the 1960s so there is heavy material but it's done in such a tactful way um i was actually really really pleasantly surprised i didn't even i didn't even realize they were 
um, this show had came out, even though I realized I talked about it on. I was just gonna say yes. You, I was like Zareen. <laughs> we talked about this. I got home. My mom was like, "I have seven episodes of The Wonder Years." I was like, "What? I don't want to watch this." And then I was like, "Oh my god, the reboot!" Well, you told our listeners you were gonna watch it. I guess that makes sense to me too because that show had such a specific format, and it sounds like mostly what they kept was the format. So, well, yeah, and also um, Fred Savage is one of the producers. So that's yeah. also nice that it has, like, you know, someone from the original. But th- I like that they haven't tried – yeah, they keep the same format, but they're not trying too hard to keep it the same show, which I appreciate. Because it's a different time, and, and I like that they're switching it up. I think maybe that's the key. Learn from the Wonder Years. Right. Well, it's, like, another show that I feel like sort of did this, and this show is sort of in between the, like – same original cast and totally new cast as the Saved by the Bell reboot, which came out on Peacock. I think now it's in its second season. And it's sort of – the show is mostly focused on a new class in high school, but they're most there are a lot of them are the kids of the original cast. So it's like Zach Morris's kid. I think his name is Mac Morris. <laughs> I forgot his name. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but it works because they make fun of the original. It's not trying to be – earnest the way that Fuller House is or even that um, Girl Meets World is. Like, they're sort of satirizing the ridiculous stuff that they did on the first one. And, like, even the adults on the show that are all teachers, when they talk about it, it's not like, now we're the parents and we're the same. It's just, like, they they can poke fun at itself in a way that makes it funny for people like me who watch the original but also has a whole new bunch of kids doing things that are funny and can attract a new audience. And I feel like it's hard to kind of make that work. I would say a reboot that does not work, which I think for part of the reasons that you were just talking about is the Gossip Girl reboot, which I guess it sort of works, but I don't think enough time has passed for no, people I to be nostalgic yeah. for Gossip Girl. You know you love me. Gossip Girl. Yeah, I'm not nostalgic for this. I'm not nostalgic for Pretty Little Liars. We don't need shows that have barely just gone off. The ink isn't even dry from the Pretty Little Liars cast tattoo. And they're like, we're rebooting this. It's like, who asked for this? It doesn't make any sense. No, and I think this is one where people would probably be more interested in seeing, like, what horrible things Blair and Serena are up to now as adults living in the city than they are in, like, this new class and the teachers being Gossip Girl. And I mean, I give them points for trying to change the format a little bit, but... um, it's a little it's a little half baked, which you know what? Most of them are either really good or really terrible. So it gets the the bronze medal or whatever you want to give to it. Be not terrible is the <laughs> <I guess> here. <laughs> okay, well, this feels like a good place to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of our final thoughts. Um, you know, the conclusions. Are these ever worth it? What are the rules of making a good reboot or not? Let's see if we have, have we reached any conclusions? Do we have any final thoughts? What, if you were making the rule book, what are the rules of the reboot? Well, number one rule is, you know, don't cast a problematic celebrity who is often unhinged on Twitter and spews racist ideology regularly as your lead. (laughs) Roseanne. Um, Also, I know we don't know much about this one, but the fact that the Riverdale creator is in charge of the True Blood reboot is already a big, it's a no from me, dog energy is just... You have to have some level of original production or something involved 
Okay, well, actually, I believe Alan Ball, who was the original showrunner for True Blood, is attached to this project, which is not in, de- which is only in development as an executive producer. That being said, I don't know how I feel about the creator of Riverdale being involved in rebooting anything that's close to my heart, just based on my experience watching Riverdale. Yeah, facts. I mean, out of us two used to watch Riverdale, so. I mean, on the other hand, True Blood does have, like, the right energy of Riverdale, so maybe this is a match made in heaven. Forget everything. (laughs) But what I've learned from this discussion the most is that there isn't one formula that works for everyone. In some cases, we want a new cast, like Wonder Years, and in others, we don't, like Gossip Girl. Um, I think it's a case-by-case basis, but for me, I think sometimes leaning too much into the nostalgia of the characters is a no-no. Because as we've all realized, we actually don't need to know what they've been up to. Yeah. Well, that's why I think maybe I'm more okay with it if it's a movie sequel or a movie reboot. Like, I haven't seen the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, but I'm sort of interested in that. Where it's only two hours, so they can kind of... Although the first Sex in the City movie, I felt like was okay. Maybe that's just because I know how much worse it got after that. But... um, that felt like, a, oh, I'm like excited. I'm going to spend two hours with them and then, you know, w- we move on. Or I-, I did, again, I think for me, it's like, do I, did this story need to be tied up? So like, I didn't watch Dexter, but I feel like if I had been disappointed with the finale of Dexter, as I know a lot of people were, that might have been one that even if the reboot was disappointing and what it revealed to me, and that's how I feel about Veronica Mars and Gilmore Girls, I still. I'm sort of glad I got to see some, see it, I guess. Like, I'm glad I got to see what they yeah. were, where they were going to take Veronica Mars, where they were going to take the Gilmore Girls, um, even if it wasn't as good as... Because, you know, it's never going to be as good as you think it's going to be. It never is. I think in the end, um, no. I prefer... Get the cast back together for the reunion. The Friends reunion was way better than any reboot could have been. So I, I would go yeah. with that. Yeah, that's fair. I like just like an honest discussion about the show and them looking back. That seems more fruitful than just having them reprise their roles sometimes. Right, but almost always the conclusion we come to is there's so many things out there now to watch. You just want to see these great actors in something else. Like, tell us a good new story rather than telling me the same story over and over again. I mean, yeah. I feel like for me, watching Don't Look Up over the holidays was like such so refreshing where I was like, oh my God, something new. Like, I realized I've just been watching reboots and, like, old shows for so long that it was it felt so refreshing to just watch actors in a new movie in a story that I had no background on. It's, like, it's such a gift. And that was my problem with watching these episodes of How I Met Your Father. Like, it's not offensive. Like, could I just sit here and crush 10 episodes of this? The episodes are 20 minutes. Yes, and I'm sure plenty of people were, but I'm like, this isn't, like, a great show that I need to tell people about. It's just, like, junk. No. Don't Look Up was good. We should talk about that at some point. I couldn't, I didn't understand why I got so many bad reviews. I didn't either. I really like that movie. All right, Becky. Well, it's time for the burning question. I'm ready. All right. Congratulations. I'm just kidding. Ha ha. <laughs> All right. But pretend we're in an alternate reality and Grey's Anatomy Ugh. ended at an appropriate time Ugh. years ago. I don't want to hate. I hate the, of all the alternate realities. This is the one I have to live in. Okay. Wait, that's better. We wish Grey's Anatomy ended years ago. This is the better alternate reality. Okay. Um, and now there's talks of a reboot, but it'll only include the children of original characters. 
You have to pick three original characters from the shows whose kids come back. Um, okay, obviously the stars of the show would be Alex and Izzy's. Are they twins? I mean, I don't know if this. I don't know <laughs> oh if this God, works if the no. show was years ago. Um, let's let's for sake of this argument say they were twins. Definitely their kids. Um, I guess they would have to keep all the Grays kids. Zola, although they're not Gray, are they Gray? Is their last name McDreamy? Gray Shepherd. 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 Right? Zola. So it's the show has to be Shepherd's Anatomy now. So it's Zola and. Ellis and Bailey. I mean, I guess like I, I can't think of any of their kids that I would say these kids can't be on it except like Teddy and Owen, I guess, because I never want to hear anything about Teddy. Yeah, and Owen. I was like, I definitely don't want to see Owen's kids anywhere near that show. Um, I don't know that I need like Joe's baby on there. Um, Who else has kid? Um, the country star. Not the country star. What's his name? Scout. Scout OC. would have to be on there because he's cousins with the Shepherds. If it's Shepherd's oh, Anatomy, really he's part Shepherd. Um, and then this is too many children. I'm just naming all the children. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> like. Well, just asking me, <laughs> just get- asking me who all the children are in Grey's Anatomy is a task in and of itself because they never see their children. Okay, this is a two part. Now you have to kill two of them off. Oh God! Who dies in the plane crash? Um, I mean, obviously, it has to be. Meredith, I would kill Meredith and Derek's biological ch- children, and only Zola survives. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the way it has to be. Zola only survives because she doesn't have the biological death blood in her, and it turns out that by not being related to them, she's actually superior. She's safe. She's safe from the curse. Yeah. You know what? They're going to do this. Now I'm mad at you. You're willing this into existence. <laughs> this is definitely going to happen. Shonda's definitely going to do this. You will Joe Millionaire back, so I'm allowed to keep this. (sighs) No, we're not doing that. And I don't want to play any, like, old TV theme song. So instead, because you were talking about Don't Look Up, and I'm not going to look up to more reboots, play the song Ariana Grande wrote specifically for the Don't Look Up movie. Just look. Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoveritpopsugar.com. Thanks for listening.